Hi everybody, this is Dr. Michelle and this is a bonus episode for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. My friend Cynthia and I are creating a series of special bonus podcasts for you to share our story and to share some stories of some other women who have overcome domestic violence and who are making big strides in the world in their businesses and with different things that they're doing. So I hope you like this episode. It's us getting real, getting raw, getting honest, and let me know what you think. Where to begin? Well, Cynthia and I met when our daughters were four, and our daughters are 16 now, juniors in high school, and they were in preschool when we met, which is so crazy. She's one of my longest, dearest friends. We've been through so much together, and we met in therapy. Actually, it was art therapy through the YWCA program they had there for women who were survivors of domestic violence, who were going through counseling or finished with counseling and now moved on to the art therapy portion of the healing process. So for me, I had private counseling when I got divorced, when I left my abusive marriage. And after I finished with my one-on-one therapy, I joined the art therapy program where I met Cynthia. Cynthia was going through the same art therapy program as me, obviously, but she was also going through the counseling there at the program. And so she, she had been there for a little bit longer than me. So we were both going through this healing stage when we met. And I share that about us and our story of how we met because it's really important for women to hear, especially now during Domestic Violence Awareness Month, that domestic violence touches every aspect of your life and doesn't discriminate between genders, ages, races, socioeconomic status, countries. Um, There are women and men, but mostly women, um, that are going through this right now in every different stage, in every different class, in every different country. And it's time to shed the light on this program. It's time to shed a light on this problem and break the cycle for our children, for our daughters, for future generations. I saw a statistic today that said that it takes four generations to heal from one violent act. And I could see how that's true because when children grow up in a house where they see abuse happen, they either become abusers or they end up being involved with abusers. It's a statistic that's out there. Um, I've seen that happen time and time again. And so we want to share our stories to hopefully touch some women that are going through the same thing that we went through 
maybe deciding whether or not they should leave, trying to decide whether or not they should stay for the children's sake. And, um, so I'm going to let Cynthia share her story with you separately. I'm going to share my story with you now and together we're going to share our story. Hmm, where do you even start? I mean, you could you could talk about the first time you met. You can talk about how when you were dating things were different and then things changed after you got married. You can talk about the last straw, what led you to actually get the courage to leave. You can talk about why you stayed for as long as you did. It's a different amount of time for all of us. We all leave for different reasons. You can talk about different incidents that happened. And you can talk about how you got there in the first place. How did you even end up meeting someone like this? How did you end up dating someone like this? I mean, we all have different stories. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different childhood histories. Maybe it ran in our families. Maybe it happened to our mothers. And maybe our mothers didn't talk to us about what happened in their lives and didn't share their story with us. And so we went on to repeat the pattern. That's not totally the case with me. My mom and dad did not have any domestic violence issues, but my mom did grow up in a very abusive household as a child. And so did my dad to some extent. He has a very different story and I'll be sharing his story soon. He's going to be here for Thanksgiving and I'm going to record him because my dad is hilarious. Let me just put it this way. He's from West Virginia and he lets you know it when he tells you his stories. But I digress. That's a tangent. Um, I'm going to share a little bit about my mom as the anniversary of my mom's death is coming up next week. And I'll be sad about it. Um, and I'll, I'll go to her her gravesite and visit and leave flowers. My mom died 14 years ago. And I still miss her every day. And there's days that I sometimes forget she's gone. Like when something really, really good happens and um, you want to share it with someone, like the first thought that pops into your mind, or at least the first thought that pops into my mind is, oh my God, I got to call my mom. And even to this day, 14, 14 years later after her passing, when something really, really amazing happens, that's the first thought that goes through my head. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I can call her. Things like that. But yeah, my mom didn't grow up with her parents. Um, she had a really rough childhood. She lost her dad when she was three. And her mom had eight children. 
My mom was born in Peru, born and raised in Peru, in Lima. And her mom couldn't take care of all of the children once her husband passed away. So she sent at least two of her children away to live with other family members. And my mom was one of them. So my mom was three. She was sent away to live with her aunt and uncle. Her aunt and uncle did not treat her like one of their own children. They treated her like a servant. And so she had a really rough childhood living with her aunt and uncle. They were very abusive to her. They beat her. Um, she used to tell us stories, not her whole story, but little bits and pieces here and there as we grew up. Um, she showed me scars on her arms, on her forearms, where she was burnt with cigarettes by her uncle for not doing something right. Um, she was basically like their maid. She had to cook and clean for them, like a Cinderella type of story. Um, she, she, yeah, she cooked for them. She cleaned the house. She, um, she didn't really get to do anything other than go to school and take care of everything else for her aunt and uncle. I don't know a lot of other details about the aunt and uncle other than some of the stories of abuse that my mom told me about them. I don't know what they did for a living, if the aunt and uncle both worked, if the aunt was home during the day, how many kids they had. She didn't tell me those kind of details, but she did tell me about the types of abuse that she suffered. And when she became a mother, she didn't really know how to become a mother. She didn't really know how to be a mother, I should say. Um, when she hit us or spanked us, um, she would, she would say things like, at least you're not getting it as bad as I did. At least you're not getting burnt by cigarettes. You see the scars that I have on my arm. You see how bad I had it. You don't have it this bad. True. I didn't have it that bad. But I was still getting my butt kicked by my own mother. Um, I know it was a different time back then in the 70s when I was a kid. Um, a lot of kids got spanked. Um, and it's different now. Most kids don't get spanked these days. So I'm not saying that... Um, Every kid that got spanked back in the 70s was getting abused. But what I'm saying is the way that my mom did it and the way that my mom explained things to me and to my sisters was in a very hurtful, abusive way that I could never in a million years imagine talking to my own daughter, showing her after I just got done spanking her with my dad's leather belt until she couldn't sit down and then telling her, you don't have it so bad. Look at my scars. So the messages that I got from my mother 
even though, like I said, I loved my mother, I still love my mother to pieces, and I still think of her every single day and miss her so much. Because also I've forgiven her, and I know that she didn't know what she was doing. And that's how I can talk about this and not feel like um, I'm putting my mother down or that I have ill feelings towards her because I don't. But what I'm saying is when your mother teaches you a lesson in that way, what she teaches you is people are allowed to hurt you physically. People are allowed to hurt your body. People are allowed to leave scars on you. People are allowed to whip you with a belt. People are allowed to smack you across the face. People are allowed to call you mean names. If even your own mother can call you bad names, anyone could call you bad names. If even your own mother can treat your body like that, anyone can treat your body like that. When I was eight years old, it was the summertime, was, you know, one of the best times in my childhood, it was the summertime. Because we lived in a neighborhood where there were so many kids and there were so many things to do. The park was down the street. The schools were down the street with playgrounds that we could go play on at any time. They weren't locked up like some of the schools are now. The river was down the street. All of our friends were within blocks of each other. We had a blast. The public swimming pool was down the corner. Um, So we had an awesome time from the time I moved to the Sacramento area, which was when I was six years old. So this one particular summer when I was eight years old, I remember my mom coming home from work and me getting spanked after she got home. And I don't remember what it was for. And then the next day, she came home and I got spanked again. And this went on for three or four, five days in a row. I started counting the days. How many days in a row was I going to get spanked? Whether I believed I did anything wrong or not, or whether I believed I deserved to get spanked or not, it just was like, wow, I I just got spanked three days in a row. And then I was like, wow, I just got spanked four days in a row. And then it was five days in a row. And then I just started keeping track. And then it got to the point where I was like, I wonder if I'm going to get spanked every single day this summer. And I did. And I don't really remember like doing anything out of the norm for an eight-year-old. Arguing with my sisters. um, Not washing all of the dishes on time, um, coming home late, later than our supposed time to be home, coming home 15 minutes late. We were supposed to be home at five and we got home at five 15, um, things like that. All summer I got spanked every single day. And my mom was tiny. She wasn't even five foot tall. But she 
spanked us with a leather belt. So I'm just sharing that part of my story so you can see like how I grew up and some of the lessons that my parents taught me. And how lessons like that can lead people to end up with the wrong type of person. Can lead kids to drinking, doing drugs, taking a left turn instead of a right turn. Um, I kind of referred to this in one of my posts about my interview with Shaka Senghor who had gone to prison when he was a teenager, he was 19. And I said in that post that the reason his story touched me so deeply, I've never been to prison, but, and we have, you know, very different stories, but in the same, in some ways we have the same story. Like he grew up in a house where he wasn't told he was loved enough, so he didn't feel it. He grew up in a house where he got hit by his mom um, when he was trying to share some intimate dreams of his to become a doctor and things like that. Things like that happened to him and he turned to hanging out with the wrong crowd, being in the wrong place at the wrong time getting involved with drugs at an early age, selling drugs, and getting to the point where a drug deal went wrong and he shot someone and that person died and he went to prison for 19 years. And seven of those 19 years, he was in solitary confinement. And he's been out of prison now for seven years. And when he got out, he turned his life around. And he wrote a best-selling autobiography. And he's a producer on a new TV series with Oprah Winfrey. And he's doing amazing things for his community and for prison reform and things like that. And the reason I bring that up is because we grew up in the same type of house. Um, There were differences. His parents were divorced. His parents, you know, split up, got back together, split up again, things like that. I didn't have that growing up. My parents were together. They didn't get divorced until I was already off at med school. But that could have easily been me. I could have been just like Shaka. I could have turned to drugs at an early age. I didn't, but I could have easily. I could have hung out with the wrong crowd. I could have gotten involved in a bunch of things like he did at a young age, as a teenager. I didn't, but I easily could have. I could have turned to the wrong type of people for the things that I I was missing in my own house. And 
I did. And that's what led where that's what led me to be in the type of relationship that I was in as a young adult. And that's what led me to be in an abusive relationship, in an abusive marriage for eight years. And once my daughter came along, after I had been married over six years, is when I had my daughter. And when she came along, I said, okay, this cycle has got to stop. This cycle is going to stop, and I'm out of here. And that was the end of that. She was just about two years old. She was a little less than two years old. Um, She was about 19 months old when I decided that was it, that I was leaving, that she was not going to see her father treat me the way he treated me, say the things he said to me. Um, Do the things that he did. She was not going to see that. She was not going to be around that. She was not going to see those things happening in her house so that they were repeated in her life as an adult. So that she wasn't going to end up with someone like her dad. And that's why it's important for women to share our stories, not only with our daughters and our sons, but with other women, other young women and other women who are suffering or in an, in a situation that they're trying to get out of or in a situation where they're trying to decide if they should leave or if they should stay.